Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. It's Jason Leisure. Welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast, where Jason, coming up, we will talk about Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields, and everyone else who spoke on the first day of, well, I guess report day of training camp. All of that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, new season is upon us. You and I are sitting in a quiet room at Hallis Hall. Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields, they've all talked. What's the biggest thing that, that you take away from this? Uh, to me, it was kind of, okay, what are the expectations now? Not only for the season, but for Justin Fields himself. For me, Patrick, it's that it's interesting. This is interesting. This is an interesting start to what should be an interesting season, good or bad. And that's the first time, if you cover the Bears or follow the Bears, that's the first time since 2019 that that's been the case. 2019, they're coming off this breakthrough year. Matt Nagy, they've got Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Everyone is very high on him at that time in the public. And you wanted to see where they going. They were talking Super Bowl right. when they arrived in Bourbon A that day. Since then... It has been a lot of, you know, Nick Foles yeah. is here. Last year, the first year under Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, it's, they, they can say whatever they want about these amorphous expectations last year, but they knew what they had. They maybe didn't know they had the worst team in the league, but they knew they had a team that had been torn down. Well, we all had a good sense that they had one of the five worst teams in the league. We probably. all knew that. Yeah. They knew that. I think players, you could look around and the, the good players, the established players, the Eddie yeah. Jackson type players could look around and see that. This year, we don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. We really don't. Right. Is this going to be like a five-win team? Is this going to be more 10 to 11 win? If everything went right, I, yeah. the very high end of possibilities for them, there's a really wide range, and there's a lot of little things that it hinges on. The biggest thing it hinges on, of course, is Justin Fields. And so when Justin Fields talks about having this championship mentality, all these things. Those are all positives, but it's really going to come down to can he be a good thrower on the field? And when you look at their roster, don't you say, like I do, that everything is there for him to do that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's there are no excuses anymore. And there had been. Yeah. There had been very valid excuses. Well, and when you talk about being interesting, last year we all knew at this time that they weren't going to be very good. The whole season was about whether Justin was going to be very good. And he was in some sense, but wasn't in kind of your standard passing quarterback sense. I was thinking this the other day. It's like, you know, one of those Faustian deals where some Bears fan went to bed last year and said, make Justin Fields uh, uh, a good quarterback. And, uh, and he was a great runner and not a good passer. And is that a, is that a good quarterback or not? Uh, yeah, and I would argue that two years ago when they drafted Fields, it was interesting. But that Matt Nagy and Ryan Poles or Ryan Pace actively tried to tamp down that interest by mm. saying Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton. Um, yeah, it's going to come down to Fields. I asked Ryan Poles, kind of, what are your expectations for him? And he said, well, get better. And you go, okay, where? And one of the things he said while going through the litany of, hey, he's got to be better at everything, while listing passing qualities, was essentially well, he's got players around him now. That's that's no small thing. I think another interesting thing, Patrick, is when they talk about expectations. You expect to come in here and be told the expectations are for us to get better, yeah, to take a step forward. All these vague mm-hmm. things. We in the media, and I think everybody else outside of here in Chicago, mm-hmm. wants 
some benchmarks. Right. And, and maybe, you know, you shoot for 10 wins and for valid reasons you don't end up getting there or who knows what. But we want to know really what the benchmarks are. And you did get some of that. Ryan Poles gave you some of that vague, you know, as long as we're getting better, that's good, whatever kind of talk. But he also talked about trying to win the NFC North, which doesn't feel impossible this year. Right. I don't think the Bears would be, you know, in the top two favorites of that, but it doesn't feel impossible like it has in other years. Justin Fields talked about better than 500 right. and making the playoffs with, you know, 17 games mm-hmm. and the extra playoff spot over the last couple of years. That's not impossible. And a schedule befitting the worst team in football yeah. last year. Yeah. Th- those are all within reach. So the one thing I'd say, though, about the expectations is if you're Ryan Poles or Justin Fields or Matt Eberflus, any of these people, and you're setting expectations, your expect your expectations, the, the highest possible expectations of what these people can realistically be on the field and what they can be collectively, that should be what you're demanding. Sure. That should be their standard. Right. If they thought they had a team capable of winning a playoff game, if they thought they had a team capable of pushing for a championship, I think Ryan Poles would have made more immediate decisions this offseason than he did. Uh, Mark Potash, our colleague, asked him questions directly about that. You know, he built for now, but also for the future, which I think is wise and you think is wise. I mean, the Mm -hmm. fact that he got the Panthers' number one pick next year is great, Justin Fields insurance. He continues, as he has, like to run the team as though he's going to be running the team for 10 years. Right, but if they thought that they were going to win a couple playoff games, they'd have an edge rusher on their roster by now, right? I mean, if they thought that they were one or two players away, I think the players they would have acquired um, would have been more short-term fixes than long-term projects. We look at Tremaine Edmonds. What is he, 25? I mean, he's just a, he's a kid. You know, uh, you know that's that's their big, you know, we look at DJ Moore. What is he, 26? Yeah, they're I mean, fifth-year players. Yeah, they're, they're players. players who the Bears intend to grow with. Right. I would argue to you that while they won't say what their expectations are out loud this season, I think you can look at the way they've built this and argue pretty convincingly that 2024 might be a year where you could actually maybe have that conversation with a straight face. Mm. Uh, this year might just be, and maybe it's not sexy to say out loud, but uh, number one, don't be the worst team in football anymore. And number two, play meaningful games, I don't know, after Thanksgiving? Yeah. Something like that? I mean, that's the last six games of the year now? That's that's That should be a reasonable target. I think when he came in, coming off the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy era where they're 6-11 and 11, mm-hmm. and they had been 500 or worse over the last few years cumulatively, they're overspent mm-hmm. financially, you would have said, hey, really good team by 2024? That sounds great. Right. Uh, expectations have ramped up like they always have here because – and understandably, like I don't think this is ridiculous that Bears fans do this because I understand that that you're just so starved for it, Patrick. Well, so they want to believe, they want so badly to believe that oh, this is turning around faster. Right. Oh, it's going to be this year, and and they might be somewhat right, but it, it's it, it's interesting when you say it that way. When you say you know 2024, because I think if we went back in time a year right. and said 2024, it's a big build up to 2024. Everybody's on board with that. And the impressive thing that you're alluding to with Ryan Poles is that he has made upgrades on the roster almost across the board, almost everywhere, right. pretty much everywhere except defensive end. Which is maybe the second most important position in football, but okay. Yep. A lot of upgrades. Sure. 
and a lot of upgrades that make sense long term, not just right. short term. And on top of all that, he's in a similar situation, I think, next offseason in terms of resources, in terms right. of draft capital and salary cap space. He is. I think it is wise to be playing the long game here. I think he's doing the right thing by trading you know, for future picks. I mean, those future picks are valuable for a lot of reasons. One of them is the Bears ever get a team that they think is one guy away. You can trade that pick. You know, mm-hmm. th- I mean, that is... That's what the good teams have yeah, done. Those are re- those are resources. Saw yes. Philly do it. Yeah, and, and I do want to stress... You saw Miami do it when they traded uh, yeah. uh, with the Broncos. I, I do want to stress this, though. It's July 25th. Bears fans should be optimistic. Not because of... I mean, because of what the Bears did in the offseason, I guess. But also because... On the first day of training camp, everybody's undefeated. <laughs> like, it, that's part of the cycle of sports. It happens on the first day of spring training or, or, you know, the day, you know, NBA teams report to camp. You know, everybody should feel optimistic at this time of year. That doesn't mean it's accurate. And mm-hmm. Bears fans, I understand why why they can look at the season and be really excited and sit there and go, now if Justin Fields turns into a star, you know, you know, you know we could blow three, three games past expectations. Uh, I, I think a lot has to happen to get there, though. The guy that I think I've heard about the most since they put this team together, which would be like May, I guess, yeah. uh, between the draft in March and I mean the free agency in March and the draft in April, other than Fields, is yeah. DJ Moore. Right. They are constantly telling you DJ Moore, DJ Moore. This is like this is unlike anybody they've had during a lot of these guys Bears experience. This is a game changer. Ryan Poles has been telling you that that was. Part of why he was willing to get out of the to trade right. down out of number one was because and to trade down to nine, right. not trade down to three, trade down to which is the biggest leap anybody's ever really. I mean, it's one of the great leaps anybody's yep. ever taken to move down off of one. Okay. He's counting yeah. as the as the crown jewel assets you get in that trade. Right. He's putting DJ Moore next to the extra first rounder and the extra second rounder right. that DJ Moore is of that value to mm-hmm. them, like a like an extra first or second round pick right. because he's twenty five and he's. And I think 1,100 yards a year uh, wide receiver in Carolina. He talked today and said, you know, after everything I've been through in my career, which meaning like the losing, he's, he's really driven to try to win. I mean, they're worse than the Bears during the last right. five years. He's had eight starting quarterbacks. And, and they don't know now if, you know, he doesn't know that Fields is going to be the long-term quarterback here. Sure. That, that's yet to be proven. But he has, like Eddie Jackson, like a lot of these guys that have been through a lot of a lot of rough seasons in their career a lot of drive to make it happen now and that's interesting when you compare it to tj uh, edwards and terrell edmonds the defensive players they got who came from the bills and the eagles you know one of them just lost the super bowl and the other one has been one of the most dangerous teams in football for the last three or four years yeah they're coming from the right culture this guy's coming from a place like you said worse than here i, I understand the dj Moore is probably the best receiver the Bears have had since Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, But he's going to need more than just D.J. Moore. And that, I think, is where Darnell Mooney's health and the health of Chase Claypool both are going to be really important, not just for week one, seven weeks from now, yeah. but just on a day-to-day basis. Fields needs to get yeah. chemistry with these guys. You know, you know, Claypool, it felt like last year, never got his feet underneath him. Um, now he, you know, was on the pup for 24 hours. He has yet to get his feet underneath him. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. And you know, and during the offseason program, missed mandatory minicamp uh, due to soft tissue stuff. Missed most of OTAs. Uh, 
it's really important for Justin Fields to get time on task with him, and he hasn't been able to. So uh, I don't. I care that they're ready in week one, but I really care that they're ready on a Thursday yeah. in July. Yeah. And, and it seems that he will be. Darnell Mooney as well, he had a really bad ankle injury, wound up getting some screws put in it, hadn't practiced at all since getting hurt in November. And he's been cleared as well. The Bears will ramp him up. But DJ Moore is really important. But I feel like Fields and DJ Moore have had all offseason to get to know each other. I'm going to be watching how Fields, uh, chemistry-wise, gets along with Mooney, one of his best friends in the world, but somebody he hasn't thrown a football to, uh, you know, on a bear in the Bears facility in a long time. And Chase Claypool, who is about as enigmatic as anybody on their roster. Yeah, I think the idea for the for Ryan Poles and putting that group together and potentially extending Mooney and evaluating whether to extend Claypool, Moore's on uh, a good contract for the Bears for the next three years, I think, mm-hmm. is that this is this could be your three right for the next several years. Yep. But you don't know that about two of the guys. And D, there's just so much riding on DJ Moore right. that I feel like, A, he has to be ready to go from the jump. Mm-hmm. He has to be out there like with fields every day in training camp. Sure. And he cannot get hurt. No. No, and, I mean, look at what they have invested in him. They need to know by the end of the season whether Justin Fields is worth keeping around long term. DJ Moore, more than anybody else on the roster, is the key to figuring that out. DJ Moore is the re- one of the reasons you move from one to nine. If DJ Moore flames out. If DJ Moore gets hurt, if something horrible happens, um, that you know, that makes this a potentially really horrible trade for the Bears. There's so much riding on him. Uh, I think he's handled it really well. I think he's looked good in practice. But, yeah, he is the most important Bear outside of Justin Fields. I, I wanted to ask you one thing real quick before we go. Uh, did you watch the Netflix quarterback series? No. I watched part of it. Uh, and I will probably watch more of it, quite honestly, in the, what, five weeks we get away from here every summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching uh, insider football stuff is not high on my list right. of things to do. But uh, Justin Fields was asked today about it and essentially said that Netflix inquired with him about whether he'd want to be on it, and he said no. Uh, did he say no because the Bears are uh, notoriously anti that, you know, given George McCaskey's well uh, well-stated uh, opposition to Hard Knocks. You know, did Fields say it because Fields has got his own self to worry about, doesn't need to worry about cameras? And I, I don't know, but he did say that he's not going to do it this year. I think that's probably smart. I, I think the last thing the Bears need is a circus. But again, you look at some of these, you know, photos of Justin working out with, you know, other Bears in the offseason. I mean, these aren't random people walking by taking these pictures. Right. Like, like his life is plenty well documented yes. as it is. Those are photos that he wants out there. Right. Uh, I think that the Bears would never green like that. Right. George McCaskey, like, hats off to him, man. He has not only fought against Hard Knocks, but fought successfully sure. against it. They forced it on another team this year that really didn't want it. Yeah, they forced it on Aaron Rodgers. And it has one of the big big stars well, of the league and an established owner. Like, And, and George McCaskey... Was able to, you know, throw his weight around and force it onto the Jets instead. The Bears would have never greenlit that type of show. I, I, I don't think so. Fields. I don't think so. And I, I think the only way they do hard knocks is if the league forces it down their throats. I will say one of the be- benefits of being largely irrelevant for most of my lifetime. <laughs> Nobody it, wants to watch is it. That, is that uh, the home box office network slash what we call it Max now? We're just going Max just, uh, on the app. I know it's just Max. Max, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Max might not be beating down the doors most seasons to to capture every you know Matt Eberflus pep talk, but 
uh, yeah, McCaskey's done a great job of keeping it away. Remember, too, Eberflus was with the Colts when uh, there was the in wasn't there an in-season hard knocks a couple right. of years yeah. ago? Yeah. Uh, I don't think, uh, I'm sure he didn't love it either. Justin Fields seems to kind of, he didn't say this outright, but he seems to kind of hint at uh, that, that he didn't bother asking the Bears. Even if he had wanted to, that would not have been greenlit around here. But he also, Pat, I think there was some tone, some implication in what he was saying of, like, I, I got enough to deal with right, right now. Well, he does. Yeah, and you look at those other quarterbacks, they're not in that situation. Even Mariota yeah. is not in that situation. Yeah. Mariota's been around for a while. Kirk Cousins, is, you say whatever you want about him, but he's been an established quarterback for a mm-hmm. long time. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes, like it wouldn't, it well, wouldn't Ma- affect him. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Mahomes and Mariota both – I'm sorry, Mahomes and uh, Kirk Cousins both have – if you made a list of the people who made the most money playing football in the history of time, they're in the top five probably. probably. Uh, they don't have uh, – generational wealth at stake this season yeah. or last season uh justin fields sure as hell does yeah and uh, him focusing on that given that he can get a new contract at the end of the year i think uh, is a good idea i'm glad you brought that up and you had mentioned you'd kind of referenced it earlier right this idea that they're gonna that they need to decide they need to know on justin fields by the end of this year it's not a media creation right they are going to make the decision on him mm-hmm. at the end of this year right yeah if you know the worst thing that can happen to them is you know, he's good for four games and gets hurt or something, is they can't have an incomplete grade on him. They either need a yes or a no because they have those two draft picks. Now, you can give Fields an extension for the first time starting in January. They can keep him on the roster for another year before they give him an extension if they want to. Um, But I think because you have the draft picks, that starts the clock ticking. Is you need to know by April of next year, do I need a quarterback? Because there are two quarterbacks who are going to be available who are really good prospects, better than anybody they could have taken number one this year. If you're picking seventh or twelfth, right. those are great picks, but those aren't franchise quarterback pick. You you want to be picking one, two, three at the latest, and you would have that potential. You might have your own and Carolina's both in the top ten next year where you could Do you know when you had that opportunity? Maneuver. A couple months ago. I right. mean, you know, right. it fell perfectly for them. And they decided uh, to see what they had in Justin. I think justifiably so, given uh, I don't know if Bryce Young uh, at his size uh, is a can't-miss guy. I I think the guys who might be available coming up, uh, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May, I think those are more can't-miss players. So the Bears need to know. And if Justin proves that he's the guy, Justin's going to make himself, what, $300 million probably? And if he's not then uh, the Bears will probably go find another quarterback, and Ryan Poles can say, now I've got my guy, which is great for self-preservation. Right. And, and, and the Bears go from there. So huge season for Justin. Like I said, the best thing the Bears could have done is surround him with better players. They did that offensively. I don't think we can confuse that with a great roster, but it's a lot better than it used to be. It does all ride on fields in a lot of ways. And if – I mean, that's that's not – particularly profound but if you have to start over at quarterback then a lot of this timeline and planning you've done you've done that's gonna have to be adjusted and then probably some of it redone well and if you got gj Moore for three years you know if you've got a rookie going through the rookie stuff right, next year exactly. at quarterback that's that's wasting your year I, I think in a perfect world they would love fields to be good i think they'd love to have the 22nd pick mm-hmm. next year and then if the panthers stink and it's a top 10 now you're giving justin fields a top 10 player or top 10 draft pick 
you know, you've got another one. Maybe you can move around. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the ideal here. But Jason, that's a long time away. That's literally the end of the season, <laughs> and we are on day one. The Bears will practice for the first time on Wednesday, and uh, we'll hear from a couple players. Maybe even Darnell Mooney, uh, who hasn't talked since November. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. But until then, you can follow Jason and Mark Potash and myself on. Uh, what do we say? Do we say Twitter anymore? What do we even X. say? X on social media. You know how to find us. I'm on Threads, baby. I'm on Threads too. What's what's your? Uh, do you know your name on Threads? Nope. It's nope. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. No. Um, yeah, mine is Pat Finley and Patrick Finley on Twitter. But you can find us on social. You can check us out on Sometimes website. And if you are in Chicago, pick up a newspaper for Mark Potash, Jason Leisure, I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again really soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.